Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Roe Parrish filling in for Mike Greenberg today. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports. That's me at Roe Parrish. That's him. You can also join the conversation. Give us a call. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight at eight. 729-3776. So, Ro, we have been doing a ton of NFL. Frankly, a ton of NFL since training camp started. Things have been really quiet on the NBA front. But you and I both love hoops, and we did get a nugget out of the world of hoops where the Athletic has reported that talks have resumed, anyways, between the New York Knicks and the Utah Jazz as it regards Donovan Mitchell. The talks resuming doesn't mean that anything's going to get done. Apparently nothing's imminent. Apparently the two sides are very far apart. But here's the thing that sticks out. People are talking again, right? And it has been so quiet, not just on Donovan Mitchell, but also when it comes to Kevin Durant, when it comes to any potential moves in the NBA. I know Nick Friedel, I've done quite a bit of radio with him recently. He covers uh, the uh, uh, the Nets for us uh, here at ESPN. And he said that largely people aren't talking because, you know, everyone's on their mega yachts. They're sipping their drinks. They're not worried <laughs> right now. Like, this is their off time. And so nobody's answering the phone in the NBA. Apparently phones are being answered, though. Yes, they are being answered. And that is the subject right now because the New York Knicks, they – do want to acquire, and again, this is all speculatory, nothing that we know for certain, no inside information, but Donovan Mitchell, who we know has been one of the absolute best scorers in the game as far as his time for the Utah Jazz. I mean, just look at it. When you're in the same conversation when with the Elgin Baylor, with the Michael Jordan as the most points scored in the NBA playoff game where Donovan Mitchell is right there at 57, trailing those two legends that I mentioned, you are a bona fide superstar. Oh, bona fide superstar, that's what the New York Knicks have been missing for the past couple of seasons. No disrespect to Julius Randle, sixth man of the year. We know he can do his thing. However, when you have a player like Donovan Mitchell that is explosive, that loves the game, that people see his smile and want to do things and want to have him incorporated with their businesses so he can be an endorser, he is the perfect fit to come to New York City and be that star that they've been lacking for so long. Okay, hold up. You have Donovan Mitchell being a superstar? Like, I understand that in New York, y'all are desperate for any sort of star power you can get. And Jalen Brunson himself isn't going to be enough. And so we're going to bring in maybe a Donovan Mitchell. He's a name. I'll give you maybe star. I'm not making Donovan Mitchell a superstar just because the, the, the Knicks are interested in Donovan Mitchell. He's a great player. But, Ro, superstar? Well, you have to look at it like this. We know that when you come to New York, everything is going to be elevated that much more. So he is currently an all-star. He's been to the all-star game a handful of times. However, when you come to New York City, we know that things tend to get ballooned. They blow up just a little bit more when you are in the bright lights, when you are at the Mecca, and you can perform and put on those performances, scoring 30, 40, 50 points. The New York fans are going to elevate you to a level that you've never been before. They're going to put you in that superstar realm. Yeah, well, they often do that uh, with players that they shouldn't even do that with. It doesn't always go well for the New York Knicks you're fan. Right, you're uh, right. right? I mean, they put a little bit of stock into the wrong players at times. I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell doesn't bring more eyeballs to that franchise. I'm not saying that he wouldn't be a good addition because, yeah, he makes them certainly a more formidable opponent right away in the East. But Absolutely. I'm not seeing them in an NBA title game well, just because they have Donovan well, Mitchell. Like, to me, he ain't that dude. He's not a top 10 player in the NBA to me. Well, okay, he might not be a top 10 player, but he's better than anything else the Knicks have currently on the roster as we speak. Can you agree or disagree with that? 
Well, I, I agree with that. I Absolutely. think that might say more about the Knicks than it even does about Donovan Mitchell. Again, a good player. Good player. A player yes. that if Utah wants to keep him, they can build around him. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm high on Donovan Mitchell. I just think this idea that Donovan Mitchell is going to end up being the savior in New York. Now, all that being said, I think the Knicks should do it because I do think the Knicks need more star power. I don't think the Knicks actually need to go out here and win NBA titles. I don't think you're getting that from Mitchell and Brunson, but I also don't know if you need that in New York. I think you just need to elevate the product generally and give your fans some hope, but I do think that they make you more competitive in the postseason where you can get some postseason victories, which I think is probably step number one for the New York Knicks. Yeah, it is, and you talk about hope and being competitive. Donovan Mitchell definitely would add that. As we've seen, he's led his Utah Jazz to the playoffs the majority of the time he's been in Utah. So you have that person who has that playoff familiarity and can get into the playoffs. And again, Elgin Baylor, Michael Jordan are the only two players all time that have scored more points in a single game than Donovan Mitchell. So he can elevate his point, his, his game to the level where he can carry his team to a victory by himself, put the team on his back and the Knicks, they definitely need a player like that. Bro, I care about you. I know this is our first time working together, but you seem like a good dude. You got to be real careful when you throw Donovan Mitchell and Michael Jordan even to any sentence together or anybody in a sentence, even if the stat is correct, because the stat (laughs) that you keep citing is an accurate stat. I'm just letting you know how the sports radio thing works. RIP to your mentions. Green is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get renter's insurance to protect the things that make your place a home, including coverage for theft or damage. Visit Progressive.com. Amber Wilson and Roe Parrish filling in for Mike Greenberg today on Greeny. Here's the problem with New York Knicks fan. Are you a New York Knicks fan then? Is that when I am I picking up what you're putting down? I, I am definitely not a Knicks fan. I do not have any affiliation with any NBA team. I like to call myself a neutral observer when it comes to NBA teams. Oh, that's very journalism of you. That's very <laughs> journalist. Uh, Roe Parrish. Uh, television, NBA. Well, I will fancy. say this. Covered I, the NBA for many years. Exactly. So very objective. I did work for the Dallas Mavericks for a good 13 seasons. So if I do have any affiliation, it is with the Dallas Mavericks. Well, the New York Knicks ain't got no Luka. That's for sure on this team. And they still won't, even if they bring in Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks tried to tell me that Julius Randle was a superstar, right? Like, that's what I mean about how much we overinflate superstardom when they get to the number one market in the country. And you're you're absolutely right. Did they make us believe Julius Randle might be a little bit better than what he was? Listen, he had an outstanding season when he was the sixth man of the year. He became an all-star. He was an absolute beast. He was doing it all on the floor for the New York Knicks. They go to the playoffs that season. However, when they did get to the playoffs, we saw that he became exposed. But when you bring in a Donovan Mitchell, who could be extremely complimentary along with the Julius Randle, I think that would be the right move for the New York Knicks. The question becomes, what do you have to give up in order to get Donovan Mitchell into your program? What's interesting to me exactly is that conversation. What do you have to give up? And then also the component that's interesting to me is if the Utah Jazz would legitimately be willing to go into the season with Donovan Mitchell on that roster. Because it seems like, like I mean, once they traded away Rudy Gobert, man, Listen, you saw the haul they yes. got for Gobert. But once they traded away Gobert, they traded away Royce O'Neal, you're like, all right, they're blowing this thing up. It's a fire cell in, 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 in Utah right now. Danny Ainge, and you have to respect his basketball acumen. He's coming, and he wants to shake things up. Quinn Snyder said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm out of here. Will Hardy is now in that head coaching seat. You mentioned the players that they shipped out. So now 
Donovan Mitchell is the last man standing. And if you're a young player that's been an all-star, you do not want to be a part of a rebuild if you have playoff and championship aspirations. You want to go somewhere to where you actually have a chance. In the Eastern Conference, I feel like the Knicks still have a competitive chance to get into the playoffs to where Utah in the West, they have no chance. The problem with trading away a Rudy Gobert for five draft picks in return is now where's the market for Donovan Mitchell? Because I think Mitchell is an even better player than Rudy Gobert. Gobert obviously fits a very specific rule defensively. But I do think that Mitchell brings that star power that Gobert can't bring. And we know what Mitchell can also do offensively for you. So then what do you trade away for Donovan Mitchell? I mean, there's only so far so high the price tag can go. And if you don't believe that the Utah Jazz, like if you're like me and you, where you're like, oh, they're clearly blowing this thing up. They're starting over. It makes sense for them to do it, but they're trying to rip it down to the studs. Then that means the Knicks know that too. And any of these other teams who have been thrown out in links to interest with Donovan Mitchell. And if they don't actually believe that Utah is willing to build around Donovan Mitchell, then that hurts the bargaining power of Utah when they're having these conversations. I just, I understand why this deal hasn't been done yet because I feel like the Knicks are kind of out here like, all right, I mean, there's only so much that we can give up for him and there's only so high this market can ever go. This ain't Kevin Durant we're talking about. No, and even not. that has become hard to move. That, that, that is something that is completely different when we're talking about the caliber of player between a Kevin Durant and a Donovan Mitchell. No disrespect, Donovan Mitchell, Spider, he knows what time it is. But we're talking about the Knicks, an organization that has only had one playoff appearance in the last nine years. The last time that we saw them actually win a playoff series, 2013, Carmelo Anthony was still wearing a New York Knicks uniform. So that puts things in perspective of how long it's been since the Knicks have had some level of success in the postseason. And I do think a 25-year-old Donovan Mitchell, which, yes, he's not the player Kevin Durant is, obviously. Nobody is. There's like maybe one other guy in the NBA. But nobody's the player that Kevin Durant is. But he's much, 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 much younger. So if you believe that Donovan Mitchell still has some growing here to do, I mean, you could seemingly continue to build around the 25-year-old. And, yeah, I probably think Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson could win a playoff series. Like, we'll get out of the first round. Cool. But that should be exciting to the Knicks fan. Absolutely. Because right? you listen, don't necessarily even need to make it to an Eastern Conference final. To just get the out of round. the first round because that's something the Knicks fans haven't seen in an extremely long time. Jalen Brunson showed that on the playoff stage, he can give you 40 points at any given moment. When Luka wasn't available, he elevated his game in the postseason. And that's why he secured the bag coming to NYC and joining the Knicks. So listen, if, if they do get Donovan Mitchell, I guarantee, I guarantee, I'm getting my Broadway Joe on, the New York Knicks will be a playoff team and they will be able to advance into the second round. That's what I'm talking about, Ro. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Ro. Love it. I'm loving it. No, because first of all, not every Nick fan, sensible Nick fans, didn't believe that Julius Randle was a superstar. First of all, none of you all are sensible. So that's that's number one. Go on. (laughs) No, I listen, I learned my lesson with you when I took a shot at the Miami Heat, and that's where it comes from. Your hate, your despise, the, the fact that you despise the Knicks and, and the organization and the joke of an organization that people perceive it to be, it, it, a lot of it is the fandom from you. 
Uh, it may be. Uh, but also, I, I think that there's probably a lot of non-Heat fans that also consider the New York Knicks a bit of a joke of an organization. So that might be more of an objective view than you're giving it credence for. But coming up next, this is Greeny, Amber Wilson, and Roe Parrish filling in for the guys. That, of course, was the lovely voice of Nuno. And coming up next, we will all discuss the NBA schedule because there's other NBA news, not just on the Donovan Mitchell trade front, but the NBA schedule will be released today. One of us is not happy about the Christmas slate games. Nuno just maybe uh, let the cat out of the bag. We'll get into that next. This is Greeny. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklyn and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greeny all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greeny now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greeny passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
You're listening to Greenie on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Roe Parrish filling in for Mike Greenberg. Nature Valley is giving away back-to-school gear for free at the Retalk Shop. On TikTok, show how you reduce, reuse, or recycle with hashtag Retalk for Nature, and you could be served a code unlocking one free item. While supplies last, terms and conditions apply. So, Ro, let's stick to the NBA conversation. We now know that the NBA schedule is being released today, but we now know the Christmas Day games. They always give us those a little bit in advance uh, to get us excited about the upcoming schedule release. And we know that in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers, they're going to hit Madison Square Garden to face the New York Knicks, while the Milwaukee Bucks will visit the Boston Celtics. That, of course, is the rematch of their seven-game conference semifinal thriller. I will have you note that in the East, then, that means on Christmas, Row that the second, third, and fourth seeds from last year are represented, including a team that didn't even make the postseason And that whole one seed in the East from this past season, not represented in the Christmas Day games in the NBA. This is blasphemy. They are overlooking my Miami Heat once again. Listen, the Miami Mafia has a reason to be upset. As you mentioned, the number one seed, the best team in the Eastern Conference last season, although it didn't translate to an NBA championship, they still were number one for a reason. So I'm a little bit disappointed, especially seeing how marvelous how wonderful, how, 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 how delightful a place Miami is at that time of year. Why would you not want to spend Christmas Day in South Beach? I mean, I, something must be wrong. I mean, you clearly are very familiar with South Beach. Why would you not want to be there? I'm upset with the NBA schedule makers. There is nothing like Florida's Christmas. Uh, I have experienced it every year of my life, basically, uh, and – We know how to do Christmas down here. It just looks a little different than y'all do it up north, but it looks just as good inside an arena. And that's really the point here is that they're disrespecting the team that was one shot away from making an NBA Finals. One shot away. Jimmy Butler had just driven to the basket. Bye-bye Boston Celtics. Okay, and we'd be talking about the Miami Heat losing to the Golden State Warriors. Let's be real. But that's what would have (laughs) happened. But at least it would have been... With an Eastern Conference title under the belt. And oh, by the way, we are talking about the team that was, you know, in the NBA Finals two years before. So they are sleeping on my Miami Heat. That is a story as old as time. In the Western Conference, though, the matchups that we get on Christmas. Yes. LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. They're set to take on Luka and the Dallas Mavs. The defending champs and the Golden State Warriors, they're going to welcome the Memphis Grizzlies to the Bay. And the Phoenix Suns, so they are representing the one seed in the West, they're going to battle the two-time reigning MVP in Jokic and a healthy Jamal Murray. We at least think he'll be back to give Jokic some help there in Denver. What do you make of these matchups in the West? And a healthy Michael Porter Jr. as well. That Denver lineup is going to be stacked. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy. The Joker, the two-time MVP, has gone out in the first round the last two seasons. I want to see what he can do with the full complement of players around him. But let's go back first and look at this Lakers-Mavericks matchup because we know LeBron is getting up there in age. They still have to figure some things out with this contract situation, but he's going up against Luka in his home. Luka is clearly going to be one of the faces, if not the face of the NBA. There's a reason why Luka is on television on Christmas Day because he is the best of the best. With all that said... We need to talk about this Grizzlies-Warriors matchup because to me that is the hands down the best matchup that we're going to see because 
We saw these two teams in the postseason in an in, in a exciting playoff battle. It got physical. It got chippy. You had ejections. You had all types of things going on, and you had star caliber players. You had trash talking. You had, you had all types of things. John Morant went on social media, specifically asked for this lineup, and he got his wish. We saw the banner between him and Draymond Green. Draymond says, can't wait. In fact, after the game, bring the fam, come have dinner. So to me, that is the marquee matchup that everybody should be paying attention to. That's actually the one I think I'm most excited to see, too. Now, I think most people would say Buck Celtics because we know what that looked like in the postseason. I think a lot of people believe that the Bucks would have advanced if they had been fully healthy in the postseason. And so what does it look like moving forward? The C's got a little bit better this offseason. Are the Bucks going to be fully healthy? And so I think people are just excited generally about that rivalry in the East. But for me, I love a changing of the guard. And although I realize that the Warriors are coming off of another chip, so they're not ready to hand over the baton yet, it does feel like eventually the Memphis Grizzlies might be that team with Ja, who to me is arguably the most exciting player, or certainly the most exciting young player in the league to me and it does seem like the Memphis Grizzlies might be that team in the future and so I sort of love to see the matchup of the young versus the old and I know it's not nice for me to call the Warriors old but that's the reality of what they just did Ro like they are their core players are absolutely towards the back end of their careers. Yeah. I say that mildly because They're back end of their the careers, tooth. I mean, listen, they could, yeah, I mean, they could all play into their late thirties and whatnot. We see what's happening with LeBron right now, but yeah, they're not, they're not, peak they're not 2018 Draymond and they're not 2000 they're not even 2018 stuff frankly they're not and so because of, and we know for sure that they're not 2018 19 clay and so because of that you are quite literally talking about young versus old here you absolutely are and we know that that Memphis Grizzlies team they got that AAU vibe they're loose but they're all united at mm-hmm. the same time and and you talk about Golden State might not be ready to hand it over the Memphis Grizzlies don't care about that. They're going to come take it. And you can make the argument if John Morant stays healthy, they might actually beat the Golden State Warriors. I mean, let me get a, into my stat geekness right now. Memphis Grizzlies, they were plus 36 with John Morant on the floor. They were minus 29 without him. He goes out with that knee injury. You can say what you want about what happened between him and Jordan Poole. Regardless, he did not play. And they are clearly a better team, although they did have an, uh, an outstanding record without him. What was it, 22-4 and four or something like that? My mm-hmm. numbers might not be correct, but they are better with him on the floor. So they're not waiting. They might actually take this from the Golden State Warriors in the regular season and if Jai's healthy in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, the conversation in the regular season was they're actually somehow better with Jaw off the court. And we know that that is ultimately not true. Of course, you have to have your brightest star out there in order to actually beat a formidable opponent for real, like the Golden State Warriors. And so maybe we're getting a taste of what that's going to look like in the postseason between those two. Of course, both you and I are just straight up sleeping on the reigning MVP. Like nobody, nobody just, (laughs) nobody gives Jokic any love. This poor guy out here. And like you said, he's going to have his supporting cast back, at least presumably so in Denver, that should be a much better Denver team. No, it should be. And the Joker, and I don't know why it is, but if you love basketball, if you are a basketball junkie, you need to watch on your league pass, Nikola Jokic play basketball because it is a beautiful thing. He runs the offense. He sets things up. He brings the ball up. He's in the post. He distributes. He shoots. He scores. He does does absolutely everything, and it's so beautiful to watch. However, being in that Denver market, they don't get the hype like a New York City does or a Los Angeles, but they do have the talent, and I really do expect that Denver Nuggets team to be a top-four seed at the minimum this season. 
I think some of it is the lack of hype, hype in that market. But I mean, we're talking about like a Memphis with John Morant, right? I mean, yeah. we're not talking, it's not like all of these young stars have, you know, crazy markets behind them. I also just think with Jokic, like he is such a statistician that maybe it's really the analytics crowd that appreciates him so much. And maybe the regular hoops fan just finds the whole thing to be nerdy and <laughs> nauseating. I'm not sure what it is of why Jokic doesn't seem to have the same draw or impact, but well, I, I mean, tend to agree. These listen, other matchups listen, are more interesting. It, it, he, he's not sexy. You know, he doesn't right. have the, the, the high flying. He, he doesn't do anything that necessarily stands out on the highlights. Now, is he fundamentally sound? Absolutely. Does he understand the game of basketball? Does he have a high basketball IQ? He does all of that. Again, to the basketball junkie, if you want to watch great basketball, you need to watch the Joker. Now, is he going to be at the top of the, you know, Sports Center top 10 every night? Probably not, but he can definitely ball. He's been an MVP twice for a reason. Now, to be clear, we're talking about sexy on the court, right? Because <laughs> I don't know if ESPN, I mean, I, I'm willing to do it, but it'd probably be better suited as like a podcast uh, if I was rating the actual, you know, right. sexiness of, of some of these male <laughs> athletes. But I think we will not do that here on Greenie. That doesn't feel like Mike Greenberg style here. Amber Wilson and Roe Parrish filling in for Mike Greenberg today on Greenie. Coming up next, it is time for Bubba and Who You Got. Greenie, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bro, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers' comments when it comes to his receiving core earlier in this show. Very critical of those young receivers so far. There's some, uh, something else, though, that oh, came out of uh, week one of the preseason here in training camp when it comes it? to Aaron Rodgers. What, what, and apparently, what well, we, you know how Aaron Rodgers, he did the thing where he showed up to training camp looking like Nicolas Cage from Con Air. <laughs> well, apparently he has some sort of affinity for Nicolas Cage because he revealed to the media that there is a bust of Nicolas Cage in his locker. 
I don't know if this is Aaron Rodgers shooting his shot at Nicolas Cage because he feels like someday there will be a movie made about Aaron Rodgers and that he wants Nick Cage to play him, and so that's what he's doing here, or if he just really loves himself to Nicolas Cage. Listen, he clearly has an obsession with Nicolas Cage. He has placed Nicolas Cage in his personal Hall of Fame, and that's why he has a bust of that Cameron Poe character from Con Air that he showed up dressed as with the A shirt and the acid wash jeans at the beginning of the training camp. And, and you know, I don't know what the assess- obsession is. Like, Nicolas Cage has had a lot of great movies. I don't know if Con Air is my favorite. I probably would go with the character that he played in Face Off. That's just me personally. I don't know. What what, what about you? I'm not a Nicolas Cage person. Now, some of these movies are very good movies. I just... Nicolas Cage is not the actor that I would want to walk around looking like. Okay? And (laughs) I... I, Like, it's it's a curious... It was a curious choice for him, for Aaron Rodgers, I thought, because that's not necessarily the character that I think uh, is the most, I don't know, professional looking or becoming looking exactly. uh, when we're talking about that character from Connor, like he shows up in the white tank and the long hair. And it, 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 I just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, but also now he quite literally has like a statue of Nicholas Cage's face in his locker. It's Aaron <laughs> Rogers. Like the Aaron Rogers story I'm sure is an interesting one to sports fans eventually. Yeah, it, but I it don't is. know if Aaron. I mean, even though Aaron Rodgers is sure one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation, like I don't know if he's like you know blockbuster Nicholas Cage caliber when we're one day shooting his movie. Listen, I mentioned Face Off. I really feel like Aaron Rodgers is closer to the characters. One was Caster Troy, Sean Archer. If you're familiar with that movie, the face comes off. John Travolta. They switch places. You know, Aaron Rodgers is more closer to that character, in my opinion, especially with him calling out teammates. He has a, a little pettiness in him. I'm going more towards the face-off than Con Air. I guess whatever makes you happy, Aaron Rodgers. And he looked extraordinarily happy when he was showing off the bust of Nicolas Cage. Amber Wilson and Roe Parrish filling in for Mike Greenberg today on Greeny. Greeny is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can always give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 888- Seven two nine three seven seven six. So, Ro, there is some seemingly breaking news potentially out of the NFL here. Something at least to keep our eyes on. The reports right now coming out of Kansas City Chiefs camp. ESPN NFL Nation reporter Adam Teicher, he covers the Chiefs, of course, for us. And he tweeted out at Adam Teicher. He tweeted out, Nicole Hardman is being helped off the field. He went down after going after a pass. Then he later tweeted out trainers looking his left leg in the injury tent. And he also let us know that Hardman just left the field in a motorized cart. Mm. That doesn't seem like good news for a receiver room that is trying to make up for the loss of Tyreek Hill. One of their ways to do that was by relying on Mecole Hardman, by the way, who ends up being the most senior uh, person in that receiver uh, in that receiving room as far as his tenure with the Kansas City Chiefs because everybody else it's new faces there trying to make up that Tyreek Hill loss. No question. And Miko Harbin, first off, we wish you health, my brother. We want you to make sure you get back at Godspeed. However, injuries are part of football. It's a physical game played by big men, fast men that run into each other for a living. So, but to the football side of things, to address that, you know, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, MVS out there, but McCole Hardman is arguably 
the best talent, at least in my opinion. And when you're Patrick Mahomes, when you're an MVP candidate and you have aspirations to win another Super Bowl and another MVP, seeing one of your primary targets go down, that can't be a good thing. I'm one who thinks that the Kansas City Chiefs did get worse this offseason because I just don't think that you can lose Tyreek Hill and not get worse. And yes, you're right. They did what they could to try to shore up that loss by bringing in Valdez Scantling and by bringing in uh, Juju and by relying more on the development of Mecole Hardman. And yes, presumably he would be relied on much more heavily. He'd get more targets. I remember he, he was doing his rounds at ESPN. I remember I had him on air with me on Barton Hunt. I even asked him about that. Like, hey, has it occurred to you that Tyreek leaving maybe means more targets for you? Obviously, those guys are paying attention to that. It's a big opportunity for him. And he's got speed, not Tyreek Hill speed, but he's got the speed in that receiver realm. And so a lot of people were trying to convince me. I know Harry Douglas being one of them on our airwaves, obviously, a longtime receiver in the NFL. I think Keyshawn was in this camp too. Like these former receivers are trying to convince me that sometimes being receiver by committee, which is what this room in Kansas City might look a little bit more like without Tyreek Hill, is actually going to end up being better than Tyreek Hill being in that room. I have a hard time buying into that. I just think Tyreek Hill is such a huge loss that anytime you lose a player of that caliber, it does actually matter. But now if they lose some of that receiver by committee, if this injury to Mecole Hartman actually ends up being an issue, then I do think that this is a big problem for Patrick. Even though it's Patrick Mahomes and even though it's Andy Reid, those guys still have to have weapons to work with. Absolutely. It's definitely going to be a blow if it is what it is looks to be so far we again we hope that he's healthy however we know how things go when you're carted off the field usually not good but Patrick Mahomes when it comes to distribution of dimes I really feel like this Kansas City Chiefs team now although Tyreek Hill has the single season record for most receptions of the season with 111 we know that he has 26 touchdowns of 20 yards or more since 2016 that is the most in the NFL an explosive player anytime he touches the ball however I'm going to date myself with this comparison Brett Favre once played with Sterling Sharp he was an amazing all pro wide receiver hey Brett Favre liked to go to at number 84 a lot but then when Sterling Sharp wasn't there it allowed Brett Favre to open up his game look at different receivers and distribute the ball more evenly and we saw not too long after that Brett Favre won that went to the Super Bowl in 1996 so I I, I get it when you lose somebody like 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 the cheetah he's not there I can get why you might think they might not be better however Pat Mahomes is still a young quarterback he's developing but he's also an MVP and I feel like he can make this team even better without the cheetah Maybe so. I, I Again, I have a hard time believing it except for, I mean, to your point, I guess maybe that distribution ends up resulting in more wins, even if you are losing some of that individual production from Tyreek. Plus, I guess if I'm bolstering your argument at all, which seems like a weird thing for me to be doing, uh, but <laughs> if I'm bolstering your argument, I, I, would, I would help it out by saying also that offense runs through Travis Kelsey, and he's still there. And it wasn't him who got carted off the field today. So as long as Travis Kelsey is still there, you feel like they probably will be A-OK. That offense didn't run through Tyreek Hill. That offense ran through Travis Kelsey first. So we will keep you updated on those reports. Again, Adam Teicher is putting out on Twitter that Nicole Hardman, he went down in practice today for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was carted off the field. If we get any word on the serious nature of that injury, we will absolutely have it for you here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Roe Parrish filling in for Mike Greenberg today on ESPN Radio. There's some other news out of the NFL or potential news. It's not really news, but we're getting another nugget out of the NFL via Twitter. And this one comes from our friend Dan Graziano and Graz. 
at, at Dan Graziano ESPN. Graz is, re, is putting out there on Twitter. I shouldn't say he's reporting. He's putting out there into the universe that sources close to the Deshaun Watson situation believe a resolution could come today or tomorrow. Recent talks between the NFL and Watson's reps have heightened hope that they can reach a settlement without Peter C. Harvey having to rule, but it's unclear how much longer he will wait. Now, I, I have said since the beginning, Roe, that I thought that the reason we hadn't yet gotten a ruling from Peter C. Harvey, who was the independent designee, uh, well, independent's overstating it, but certainly the designee who was put in charge of the appeals process by Roger Goodell, he is supposed to be making a ruling here on the NFL's appeal to the Sean Watson suspension. And I've been saying since the get, well, I thought the only reason we didn't have it yet is because the two sides are clearly engaged in settlement negotiations. We were seeing some leaks come out here and there across the Twitterverse of like maybe what Deshaun Watson would be willing to accept or maybe what the NFL would be willing to accept. All of that indicated to me that the two sides are a talking. And when the two sides are a talking, I can tell you as a lawyer, an arbitrator or a judge's favorite thing to do is not make a decision. If they don't have to, they want you to settle, 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 settle. And that feels like what is happening here with Peter C. Harvey, that he would much prefer not to have to make this decision and set this precedent moving forward. If the two guy, if the two sides can agree on a suspension, a seemingly heightened suspension or a fine for Deshaun Watson, In, indeed. And you are the expert on this subject, seeing everything that you've attained as far as being a lawyer in the judicial system. Let me just say this. I I love Deshaun Watson on the field. Everything that he's done up until this point playing for the Texans, I absolutely love it. I've always rooted for him as a fan from the sidelines, but I do not advocate his alleged behavior. Now, I will say this. He was not found guilty twice over and the six games that has already been allotted, along with last season, which he did not play at all, the Texans made sure he did not enter the field. In my personal opinion, I feel like that is a suitable suspension. If they add a fine, maybe you do that as well. But I feel like the games that he's already missed and the six games that he slated to miss this season, I feel like that's the right amount of punishment for this player. A lot of people would counter that by saying it wasn't a punishment at all. First of all, playing, not playing for the Texans last season uh, could be <laughs> arguably uh, an advantage and not a punishment. But also, uh, he did get paid every cent of his salary for last season to not work. And most of us would love to probably get paid every cent of our salary to you know take, take a year off. So I think that that is the problem maybe with that argument. Also, quick correction, because I don't want your mentions to blow up. And you can follow him at Roe Parish at Amber W Sports. That's me. He didn't get found not guilty because he never even got charged Correct. Uh, with the and crimes. He was no bill. That's not the same thing. We didn't go through the process. They didn't determine that he was not guilty of anything. We never even went through that process. The NFL found in its investigation that it believed uh, that he probably had done some of the things that were alleged, but of course they were allegations. See, Amber, we that, never that, get to that point of proof. That's, that is why you are a pro at what you do, because you know how to break it down properly with the proper verbiage so everything comes out clear. I appreciate you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Pros pro. Also, Bubba is a pros pro. So I want to bring him in for the rest of the segment. This is Greeny coming to you live above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Let's bring in Bubba for who you got. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? What's up, Bubba? All right. We're going to do some who you got. You guys ready? We got some NFL questions to start. And we're I'm gonna ready. Start... If I said I wasn't ready, it would be awkward. Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes people aren't ready, so it's good to be honest. Jets or Bears, which team will draft a quarterback in the first round 
next year? Uh, I'll start things off here. I will say that the Bears will draft a quarterback in the first round. I think that Justin Fields is, is frankly not set up for any semblance of success. I do think the Jets have put Zach Wilson in a better position moving forward. I also wonder if injuries are going to end up prohibiting us from being able to fully evaluate Zach Wilson moving forward, which would be prohibitive of them moving forward and drafting another quarterback. Uh, I think that the situation in Chicago is more untenable, so I'll say the Bears. Mm, that's interesting that you say that. I'm going to go the opposite direction with the New York Giants. Greeny, if you're listening, please cover up your ears or press mute on your device when you have the situation with the quarterback that is injured not able to play of course it says two to four weeks but we don't know that's the less reps that he has in training camp the less reps he has in a game so you're not going to be able to get a full assessment of the quarterback that the player that you have and plus it's a great quarterback class that's on uh, on coming this next season I think the Jets will draft another QB all right, will Tyrod or Tarod, I, I still don't know how to say his name, um, will Tyrod Taylor start for the Giants because of injury or because of Daniel Jones's bad play? Who you got? It depends if he's a starter or a backup, whether he goes by Tyrod or Tarod, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that Tyrod Taylor, I oh man, I, I – I, I don't like the idea of them moving on from Daniel Jones midseason because of the bad play. But, I mean, the play would need to be so bad that they're like, all right, all we needed was half a season to be totally out on Daniel Jones. Because you have to get to a point where you are totally out on Daniel Jones before you move on from him, Ro. Because you have to know what you have. You did spend significant draft capital on him back in 2019. You got to give him a fair shake. And it's not like bringing in Tyrod Taylor is winning you a Super Bowl at the end or even a conference championship. So what's really the purpose of that? It's far more important to be able to fully assess that quarterback situation. I do think that at some point they'll move on to Tyrod Taylor, but I just hope honestly that it's not too soon and that we all know for sure once and for all that Daniel Jones is not a starting quarterback in the NFL before they do it. I want everybody to stay healthy in the NFL, but we know that is not the case with this game, as I mentioned earlier on this show. I feel like it's going to be injury. Daniel Jones has already shown that he's injury prone in certain situations, not wishing injury on him, not wishing injury on anyone, but I feel like with this previous track record, Rod Taylor is going to get in the lineup based off injury, and something tells me he's going to hold on to that starting quarterback spot for the New York football Giants. All right, which former Alabama quarterback will win more games this year? Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, or Tua? Oh, I mean, we know I it's not going to be Tua. I hate this. Guy. We don't know it's not going to be Tua. It could easily be Tua. Listen, be he's, in, he's in. I do think that the Dolphins are going to end up being better than the Patriots, so I'm not going to take Mac Jones over Tua. I know that Mac Jones is coming off of a Pro Bowl rookie year in a good system that he was set up for some success. This is Tua's opportunity to shine. He's been provided all of the weapons. He has the fastest wide receiving core in the NFL. He now has some protection with Teron Armstead down there. All of that being said, I actually think the answer might be Jalen Hurts because I do think Jalen Hurts has the best O-line in the NFL protecting him. We saw that it looked pretty darn perfect, even though it was one preseason game. I'm nervous about Jalen Hurts' entrance into this conversation as a Dolphins fan. Oh, man. Okay, we're on the exact same page on this when Jalen Hurts, the skill position player, around him. You bring in an A.J. Brown, who's an absolute stud at the wideout position. You had a Heisman Trophy winner on the other side, Devontae Smith, a stud at tight end. You talked about that offensive offensive line. you got to have protection. And then 
you know, Jason Kelsey is anchoring that offensive line. So the Philadelphia Eagles, along with that defense, I think that that Alabama quarterback, which is Jalen Hurts, who has the character, the intelligence, the work ethic, the toughness, everybody loves him. It is set up for him to win. The Eagles will win the most games. All right, Jameis Winston with the Saints or Mitch Trubisky with the Steelers. Which quarterback do you have more faith in leading his team to the playoffs? Who you got? Uh, who I've got there is Jameis Winston with the Saints, although I still have a lot of questions about him. I am not one who thinks that the Saints are the sleeper pick into the Super Bowl like you hear a lot of people on our air saying. I'm not one who's even convinced that Jameis Winston has cleaned up the act since Tampa. We only saw it for six games. I know it looked pretty good for six games in New Orleans. All of that being said, I'm still more confident in Winston than I am in Trubisky because he just held a clipboard for in Buffalo, and that's really all Trubisky did to revitalize his career. Oh, uh, man, two quarterbacks for the ACC rule. Roots, famous Jameis, gotta love him. He is the ideal ESPN quarterback because he is Mr. 30 for 30. 30 turnovers, 30 touchdowns. We know what he does. He has the higher ceiling, but man, I gotta go with Mitch Trubisky just with the Pittsburgh organization. Mike Tomlin, they know what they're doing. I have more confidence. And remember, no Sean Payton in New Orleans. I do have more confidence in Mike Tomlin than I do in Dennis Allen. Last time I saw Dennis Allen as a head coach, it didn't go very well. I know he's been comfortable in New Orleans for quite some time now. But again, I don't understand why everyone's so sold on the Saints team as a sleeper pick for the Super Bowl. Nevertheless, the answer's still James Winston. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.